morning, everyone. Welcome back. Coming to you live from the CBS Community Summits in Philadelphia. We are continuing with Derek Hashem. A lovely, beautiful Thursday morning. Thursday morning. Uh, almost Shabbos. We can feel Shabbos in the air. We can hear Shabbos in the air. We can smell, smell Shabbos in the air. Anyone that goes downstairs, you can smell the Thursday night Chumash and Shalant, Shalant. Bubbling and brewing away. Um, if that's the case, then we have to go on here in Derek Hashem. We are up to Vav. This is the last paragraph in Perik Aleph of Chayla Gimel. So in Chayla Gimel of the Sefer, Perik Aleph, Simon Vav. The last one over here in Perik Aleph. Let's see what we can do with this this morning. It's a longish one, almost as long as all the other paragraphs put together. But uh, the Ramchal wraps up Perik Aleph with a, a discussion and discourse on dreams. Now he's going to take us into the realm of dreams, into dreamland. So we've been talking about premonitions, we've been talking about spider sense, that's what we had yesterday, when someone gets a, a, a bad feeling about something, the sixth sense tells him something is awry, something is amiss, deja vu, we talked about these things yesterday, we, we discovered yesterday these are real things, these do exist within, you know, totality of Jewish thought, of, 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 of Hashkafas, uh, Yadus, and they are generally attributed to what's called Mazle Chazay, the upper parts of Yunushama, although not being able to perceive at all what's going on around it, you know, clearly, but but uh, something so traumatic, something so um, cataclysmic can really shake it up, even with, as we said, the earplugs and the ear protectors on, and that agitation, that, that um, trauma that's going on up there comes down to us down here, and we're picking up on things without really knowing what we're picking up on, and as we recall that, you know, like deja vu, like I'm feeling something, I can't really pin down what I'm feeling, a premonition, a bad feeling about something. That was yesterday. And now we're going to go on to Simon Vav, which is on the topic of, let's see, dreams. Now we're going to move on from, again, from premonitions to dreams. Let's see. V'ulam, says Ramchal. Ra'asa achachmel yoyno l'chalak hazman l'shnei chalakim. Life and uh, our, our, our daily functioning breaks down into two basic time frames. Says the Ramchal, the way, he does return to this all the way at the end of the Savior, he talks about this again, but he's giving us a little bit of a, a sneak peek on information that he's going to be discussing at greater length at the end of the Savior, but it's coming in over here for what it's relevant to over here. And that is the fact that there is a daily cycle in, in the world and in the, the daily cycle of human function, of human life, on a daily basis, our activities can break down, are broken down into two um, fundamental time frames. One is activity, and one is rest. We're active and we rest, we're active, we rest, we're active, we rest. This is generally what we call daytime and nighttime. Daytime is activity. Nighttime is rest. Daytime is when we're busy, we're active, we're up, we're doing things. Nighttime, we're asleep. Now, this is for most people, okay? For Bachrim, for teenagers, there's only one time frame, and that's there's rest, and there's rest, and there's rest, and there's rest. There's sleep, and there's sleep, and there's sleep, and there's sleep. You have a teenager who just got back from Eretz Yisrael, um, and it seems, you know, I mean, jet lag is, is, everyone has to deal with jet lag, but eventually jet lag is over, it's behind you, you don't have to be sleeping all the time around the clock anymore. If I studies, they went from recovering from jet lag to, um, you know, 
just a daily cycle of going from sleep to napping to sleep to napping to sleep to napping. So the Ramchal is not talking about teenagers, not talking about uh, the Bachram and the seminary girls. He's talking about the rest of society who have two different time frames in, in, the, in their um, the, the daily grind. Poyol and Menucha. Poyol and Menucha. And that generally is daytime and nighttime. Daytime is reserved for activity, being active, for functioning, for work. And nighttime generally is reserved for rest. This is the Pazak says in the Birchen Barchinavshi Yatza Adam Lufulasai Lavoidasai Ade Arev. The Pazak says in Barchinavshi, man goes out to work and he labors until evening, until night. So we see this in scriptures already, right? Daytime is for activity, nighttime is for rest. Working and resting and working and resting. And this isn't, you know. Just a convention. That's the point that Ramchal is making over here. This is not just a convention of society, um, something that happens by default because, you know, this is just we figured out a good rhythm. This is how the world was structured. The world is wired this way. This is part of Hashem's divine plan. There should be two different time frames. There's activity and rest. We're active and we have to rest. We're up and we're asleep. We're conscious and we're subconscious, unconscious. Unconscious. Um, it's by design. Hashem, he says explicitly, created everything in creation that, that everything eventually has to sleep on a regular basis, has to rest. That is by design. That's how Hashem wants this world to work. And he's not getting into so much why, the why of that right now. He's just talking about the what. The why is, that, that again, as we said, we'll, we'll see at the end of the Savior, he's going to return to this idea that there's daytime and nighttime activity, inactivity, consciousness and, and rest, sleep. He's not getting into the why, but but we do see the what. And and it's 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 an it's a That's how Hashem Lichatila created the world as such that, that um, we cycle through different two different two different zones of activity. That's how Hashem wants things to work. That's how he wants the world to 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 look. First and foremost, just on a simplistic level for people to have the ability and the opportunity to, to rest, to take a break in between periods of activity. He says something interesting, says the Ramchal, so that we should be able to rest, us and our Ruach. It's clear from the Ramchal that, that sleep, inactivity, what happens at night, is necessary not just for the body to physically rest and recharge, but also for the mind. The mind needs to rest, the mind needs to recharge, the Ruach, our, our Neshama part, our intellectual part, also has to kind of take a break. There's only so much information we can process in one period. There's only so much brain activity that we can handle without, you know, stopping and letting the brain rest and recharge itself. The, the body needs to rest and the mind needs to rest. Um, the, uh, you know, neurologists have uh, uh, said, you know, based on research and um, and um, there's studies of the brain that all the new neurons are formed when a person is asleep. Like you learn a lot of information during the day and those connections are actually solidified in the brain during sleep. You know, So with that sleep, you can't really process any of the information that you learned that day. With that sleep, it can't really be transferred from short-term memory to long-term memory. That's really when you know the brain, when you, when you let it rest, when you let it you know go to sleep and you're not trying to stuff it with new information, that's when it's able to take advantage of that rest and that respite and 
and uh, you know process all that information. So that's the Ramchal saying this already over here. The body needs to rest, and the mind also needs to rest. During that time of inactivity, nighttime, that's when again we're renewed, we're re- recharged. Our bodies and our minds. Again, he says it. All components of, of our existence, our physical components and our spiritual components. The next morning we get up, brand new, uh, ready to tackle a brand new day, bodily and soul, mind and and um, matter. When a person is sleeping, when a person is asleep, now we're going to zoom in on what's going on in, in, in sleep land. When, so we, the Ramchaz established that you need to sleep. And he's established that that's part of Hashem's design, how the world works. Hashem wants people to sleep. But what's going on when a person's asleep? Something fascinating is happening. In Lumdis, from a Hashkafic perspective, when a person's sleeping. Excuse me. Our, our um, engines, our motors are at rest. And our senses are also inactive. Our mind, which is normally racing and, and churning around all the time, all the gears are spinning, is also at rest, is, at, is, 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 is inactive. The Ramchal mentioned three areas of our existence which are kind of deactivated when we're asleep. Our kayach, that's, that's our physical activities. Our hergish, that's our perception of the world around us. A person's in a very deep sleep, he has no idea what's going on around him. You make a really, 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 really loud noise, you can wake him up, maybe. But the deeper the sleep and the louder of a noise you have to make. As someone who's sleeping very lightly hasn't sunk into a very deep sleep yet, it's easier to wake up. If someone's in a very deep sleep, you know, it's very difficult to wake him up. And again, if it's my kids, my teenagers, good luck. Good luck in trying to wake them up. But someone who is, who is in the deep sleep, his perception, his, his senses have also been deactivated. And his intellect, his ability to process information is also is, is, is at rest. Is at rest. So what's the only thing that's active when a person is asleep? That was a long sentence. We read a lot. Let's translate that. The only thing that's active, says the Ramchal, when a person is sleeping, is asleep, is not his seichel, but his dimyon. Not his intellect, but his imagination. Not his intellect, but his imagination. The kaycha dimyon. Now, what's intellect and what's imagination? Okay, right, but, but how would we, that's an example of imagination, very good. But how do, what's the definition, definitional difference between intellect and imagination? Intellect means conscious thought, thought that I can direct, thought that I'm in charge of, that I'm in control of. I choose what I'm going to think about, I analyze, I break things down, I cogitate, that's intellect. Imagination is when the mind just runs wild on its own. Free association, that kind of thing. When it's not being directed, when I'm not analyzing, I'm not putting, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in charge, I'm not consciously directing or steering anything, that's imagination. So the mind has two levels that it functions on. One is the one where I'm involved, I'm engaged, that's what we call intellect, that's seichel, I'm running the show. And then above that is when I'm not running the show, that's when the mind is freely associating, spinning on its own, that's what the Ramchal is referring to as imagination. So when you're asleep, you disengage from your mind. So you don't have seichel anymore. You're, you're not in charge, you're not, you're not engaged, you're, you're asleep. You're, you're conscious, the conscious part of your mind, which is your seichel, which directs the mind, that is deactivated. The only part that is active 
is the part that just runs around on its own. That's the imagination. And as we'll see in a second, Arthur's correct. We're getting, we're getting into dreams now. Um, so the imagination starts spinning around on its own. Now that's been detached and disengaged from the conscious part of the mind. And it starts to run around and just visualize all kinds of things. And what are these things that the mind begins to see when it's asleep? What's directing the mind? If I'm not directing my mind anymore, what's the mind engaged with if, if it's not me in the driver's seat? So that's Kifimashi is Damaloi Mishairis First, the first thing that, that, that powers the imagination is images and experiences that I was exposed to during the day. So things that I saw during the day, things that I thought of during the day, things that I was dealing with during the day, that's the first thing that's, that's, uh, that's there running around and, and powering the imagination is just thoughts and images and associations that were, that were uh, in my, uh, um, mind that I was exposed to during the day. So everyone knows that, right? Very often we have dreams about things that we thought about, things that, dreams about things that we saw, dreams about things that we were that that, that we were dealing with. That, that's first and foremost the, the fodder, the fodder of dreams, is first and foremost experiences and thoughts from during the day. But says the Ramchal, there's other things that can also fuel the mind, fuel the, the imaginative part of the mind and the dream area of the mind. Says the Ramchal. The other thing that can that can play around with the imaginative part of the mind, the free association part of the mind, the part that's released from the conscious part of my mind, is says Ramchal, steam and smoke that rise up into the brain, um, and steam steams and smokes that are that are that are going up there, vapors and and stuff that's coming up into the mind. Imen alechas ativius, which whether they're coming from the body, where my body is working, imen amachalim, or food that I ate that day, food can be can be turning around through the digestive system, generate edim and 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 and, and, and lachus and ashanim, steam and smoke and heat from the food that I ate that day can also come into the mind and start to uh, to to affect and influence the imaginative part of my mind. So this is what everyone uh, we know this is as like a chalim dream, right? Challenge dreams that Ramchal is referring to. Oh no, so you have a really massive, powerful ball of challenge. You're going to have some strange dreams, right? The Shabbos afternoon dreams that are coming from the challenge. Or, you know, you have that bad bowl of chili at night, right before you go to sleep. If chili dreams, as Ramchal is describing such phenomenon over here, that what you eat, if it's, if it's, um, you know, uh, uh, your body is struggling with something that you ate, that'll also influence your dreams. Okay? That, that, that the, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, side effects and there's uh, just uh, all the smoke and the noxious, the noxious, uh, uh, um, what? Hot yeah, the, the, the vapors, noxious vapors coming from those hot peppers are, are clouding, coming up into your mind and again influencing the subconscious part of your mind. Okay. Um, what we're describing are dreams, which we all realize already, we're describing dreams. So dreams, are the, the, what occurs in the mind when a person's asleep, where the conscious part of his mind, the seichel, is at rest, is deactivated. All you're left with is the dimyon, the imagination, free association, the mind's capacity to visualize things, which runs on its own, is able to run around on its own. And those visualizations will be fed by and powered by, A, things that I saw during the day, are still running around the mock over there on their own, or they'll be influenced by that bowl of chalets, the hot chili pepper chalets. 
Now, though, that we've arrived at the topic of dreams, something else can also be going on while we're in dreamland, says the Ramchal. V'amnam. Chok HaGabar Yisbarachot, HaKosh Baruch has established in the Bria. In addition to all this, when a person's asleep and when he's at rest and when there's this period of deactivity, deactivization and deactivation and 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 uh, neutralization, what happens is that the upper soul detaches somewhat from the lower body. And this now makes perfect sense based on everything that we've seen till now. We've seen that I have up an upper soul that goes up and up and up and up, but it's necessarily linked, bonded to, and cemented to a lower existence, a lower soul, and a lower body. And that has a firm grip and a firm grasp on my upper soul, and that necessarily limits the perceptions of the upper soul. However, when I'm asleep, those links are loosened up somewhat, because the body is neutralized, the body is deactivated, the body is at rest, and therefore, the body is, is much less of a player at nighttime when I'm asleep than it is during the day. The body is not doing anything. The body's not a man the amar at night. My goof, my body, my lower soul, they're, you know, in, in, um, in stasis. They've been deactivated. It's in hibernation. And being that they're hibernating, we'll see they have less of a hold on the upper soul. The upper soul is actually able to release itself from those bonds somewhat <coughs> at night when I'm asleep. And if it's able to release itself, by extensions, able to have a higher perception of its surroundings than it is when I'm awake. Everything goes hand in hand. We said, what is it, as we said the last few days, what is it that prevents my upper soul from perceiving, from being aware of what it's surrounded by? The fact that it's cemented to the lower soul. Those are the earplugs, the ear protectors. That's the ballast that keeps the hot air balloon down. When I'm asleep at night, the ballast is untied somewhat, is loosened. Some of the ballast is thrown overboard. Because that's the body. The body is releasing its hold on, on the soul. The earplugs get get loosened up a little bit. Those ear protectors come off a few millimeters at night. And let's see what happens. What? What? No, we're talking about when you're asleep. When you're asleep. Yeah, okay, but when I sleep, I turn around from one right. side to the other side, on the back, on my belly. Right. How is this... Work. A very so an excellent question. How does this work? If the soul detaches, yeah. how is this working? We're going to see it's not a complete detachment, <clears throat> not completely detached. Excellent question. It's a it's a it's a partial detachment, which is what a allows the body still to be alive, and the body does have some degree of movement. But b that also prevents the soul from having total awareness, because there's still there's a semi detachment, but not a total detachment. Let's is see. induced sleep and. Uh and natural sleep, the same effect? And just meaning like anesthesia. Right. Um, yeah, theoretically, it's really, it's, it's all about the degree, you know, to, of, of the slumber to which a, which a person descends. It's also to be at night. So I was going to say also, there's two things. A, one is how deeply is a person asleep. Um, so with anesthetics that knock a person out, so whatever they call it, the, the delta, delta sleep, stage delta, on the stage four, I don't know, there's, there's the REM sleep when you're, when you're dreaming, like very deep sleep. Um, there's also a bit of a discussion that's going to come up at the end of the safer, towards the end. Is this a phenomenon, that, 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 what we're going to describe right now, that the soul is somewhat released and is able to, you know, let go of some of that ballast and ha- able to have perceptions um, that the body normally doesn't allow it to have? Does that require nighttime or is that any time the soul goes into a slumber, that the body goes into a slumber? 
So th- there is a bit of a discussion about that. So if it can only happen at night, then the anesthesia, anesthetics and anesthesia would have to be applied at night. But if it's something that can happen even during the day, then um, it wouldn't make a difference. It would just depend on the, dis- the you know the, the depth to which a person descended in that sleep. Um, we'll, we'll get back to that, but not not immediately. Um, the nighttime versus daytime. Again, there's a discussion and there's a little bit of a debate over there. Let's let's see further. Um, so uh, Hashem established that when a person's asleep, the upper soul is able to let go to to detach to a degree from its connections to lo- the lower soul. The chalak um, and and um, make a partial detachment. Up until and as we descend, when we have we have you know chaya yechida chaya neshama ruach and nefesh all the way down to the ruach you mis alamim umis natkim and aguf those are able to detach and and rise up above the body the lowest ring the lowest part of the upper soul which is the nefesh the the lowest out of the five. That remains connected to the lower gulf. So that's accounting for Ramesh's question, how do you still move around as there's still movements? And that's why a person doesn't totally die when he's asleep. He doesn't die. If there would be a total detachment, a person would die because he removed the soul from the body. You can't have a body without a soul. Is, is is the same thing as death. So the lowest ring remains, the lowest ring of the upper soul, the spiritual soul remains connected. Um, that and That's what we see when, when you can you track and see movements of the body throughout the night that's coming from the lowest part but everything else rises up everything else <coughs> rises up um, this is by the way why Chazal say in Mesechus Brachas that sleep is one sixtieth of death sleep is one sixtieth of death this is exactly what they're referring to what the Ramchal is saying now is sleep is a partial partial detachment of the total detachment of death A partial the soul partially rises up um, the death is that in totality what's happening during sleep sleep time is one sixtieth of that Vine. So what's going on when these upper parts of my soul, being that they're not controlled by the body anymore when I'm asleep because my body's at rest, my body's been deactivated, my body is inert, so the upper parts of the soul rise up, what are they doing now? They're able now to explore. They're able to, to run around. They're able to go free-ranging. They're able to, um, they're freed up from, from, from the limitations that they have during the day. They're able to interact with 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 um, the spiritual world where they actually exist. They're able to interact and and converse with spiritual existences, with malachim, with kaiches. Let's see who who do they bump into? All the people in their neighborhood. Who are the people in the neighborhood of the soul? Be it with angels. I'm sorry, with agents. Agents that are appointed over nature. Those that's what we call the kaiches, as we saw earlier in the sefer. There's Every level of existence, there there's there's agents that are empowered with <coughs> determining um, the level below it. Or with angels, the angels that relay um, that relay uh, uh, the the, the um, instructions from kaiyach to kaiyach. Or a person can even bump into angels of destruction. You know the bad malachim, the malachim that are there to chasashom send down. Chaos and havoc down to this world. The malachim that are created, that are appointed over Hester Panim. Oyim Hashedim. Alternatively, 
a person's body freeing up his soul through this detachment allows the soul not just to interact with spiritual agents, not just to interact with angels, be they angels of, of constructive or destructive nature, it also allows a person's soul to interact and converse with demons, with shadim, with shadim, demons, spooky things. Now, what are shadim exactly? Are shadim physical or spiritual things? Shadim are the demons. Um, mischievous, um, destructive entities that are down here to wreak havoc, to punish people. We saw that also with Ramchal discussed that earlier in Dar Hashem. Demons came up a long time ago. Are, are, are these shadim, demons, are they spiritual or physical in nature? They're physical, but they're physical, uh, physical nature akin to like the lower soul. You can't see them, you can't perceive them. They're very subtle, very imperceptible, but they're here. They're down here. The Gemara tells us ways of detecting demons, right? The Gemara and Brachas says spooky things. Person scatters, scatters under light conditions. He scatters flour around his bed at night in the morning. He may see what looks like chicken tracks. That's where the, 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 the uh, presence of the Shadim there overnight. Etc. There's a lot of spooky Gemaras about Shadim. Shadim are physical, but physicality that we can't directly perceive <clears throat> because they're too subtle. But when a person's asleep, his soul can perceive demons and can converse with them, can interact with them. Because the, what prevents us from seeing them and perceiving them when we're awake is the body, the body that brings us down to a realm of hard, coarse, solid physicality. We don't have that impediment at night. So a person's soul, when he's asleep and the soul has been released and freed up from those limitations of the body, can converse, interact with any of the above, the, the angels, angels of destruction, koiches, or even demons based on, you know, the, the circumstances based on uh, what's going on at, at, at that moment in time when his soul has been freed up, based on what Hashem allows him to perceive, based on what you know what what happens to be going on in in his neighborhood um, at that particular night. So what the Ramchal is saying is that there's different factors that can factor in during any period of inactivity, any period of slumber, which will determine what I'm bumping into when I'm asleep. Ramchal is not telling us what those factors are. But he's saying different factors, you know, who's around right now? Who's around tonight? Who came to visit tonight? You know, who, who's my soul going to bump into tonight? Is it going to be an angel of of uh, mercy? Is it going to be an angel of destruction? Is it going to be a kayach? Is it going to be a shade? That depends on, on numerous factors which the Ramchal is not telling us about, but he's saying it's unpredictable. It's unpredictable what your neshama, the upper levels of your neshama, are going to, um, you know, find themselves bumping into. Once in a while, once in a while, not only the upper soul will be able to have a schmooze, have a conversation, have an interaction with one of these spiritual beings, but will be able to relay that to a degree back down to the body, back down to the mind, the conscious mind. Sometimes it can come back down to us. Bishtalshalus, through propagation, through a relay system, meaning it doesn't, it's never going to come directly. This conversation that my Neshama had with the Malach is never going to be beamed directly, word for word, um, picture-perfect form, back into the mind, but bishtalshalus, because it's happening on the upper levels of my Neshama. Only the upper levels of my Neshama can schmooze with, with the angels or with the demons or whatever. So it has to be translated and transferred and relayed, you know, station to station to station to station to station until it comes back to the Nefesh Tachtoina, to the lower Nefesh, which is the one that inhabits my mind. And that will create images over here, visualizations and perceptions according to how my mind translates all that. Ramchal is referring to a different type of dream right now. 
He's referring to a dream that I'm having when I'm asleep, which is information that's being relayed and transferred and translated from interactions and conversations that my neshama is having with spiritualities. So you can also have a dream which is a dream that's happening in real time, a dream that is the the the, the lowest translation of interactions which are happening at that moment in time, in real time, between my upper neshama and who knows what. That can also be a dream. Sometimes that's what I will be dreaming about. I will be dreaming about things that are happening at that moment um, on upper levels but, uh, uh, between my neshama and spiritual beings and agents. It's possible that such a dream, the information that, that's being processed by my mind that is translated into a dream, which is being fed, being streamed, again, real time, based on the conversation up there, could be something that's correct, accurate, and true, or it could be inaccurate. It could be wildly, um, a wild lie. It could be something untrue. What the information that I'm being fed. What would that be determined by? Whether I'm getting true information or false information? Based on the medium that's feeding me this. What he means is, there's some spiritual agents that will reveal truth to me and that can only reveal truth to me. There's some that may reveal the truth and may lie and there's some that only like to lie. In general, the shadim they like to mess around with us. They like to feed false information. So a person could have a very vivid dream about something awful that's going to happen and he wakes up in a panic, wakes up in a sweat and says, I had a, such a terrible, terrible dream about something and it was so vivid, it's so real and it could be it was really being streamed in real time from a, 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 an image that was being sent to him, his upper levels of his soul, from spirituality, but it may be entirely untrue and, 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 and it may not be something that was ever supposed to happen, is ever going to happen, was ever in the running to happen, but it may just be mischievous information being fed to him by Shadim. Shadim like to do this, we're told. The malachim and the kaychas generally feed re- real information, but sometimes that real information can also be corrupted as it gets translated down here. Yes? Do our souls know who the shadim are when we're up there? No, not necessarily. Depends on the soul's... Uh, uh, excellent question. A, so, a person's soul can sometimes be tricked into thinking that it's not really a shade. It depends on the development of the soul and it depends on the experience of that soul. Uh, and depends on, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the level of that soul. Mm-hmm. The my person point. can't really be convinced that it's a real dream. No, my point, no, my point is, is that if, if our souls know that the shade of wind, our souls stare clear of the shade of wind. Right, right. Yes, exactly, yes. Understood. And um, the answer is, uh, the soul doesn't necessarily know who's bumping into always. And that's why the souls aren't, you know, as, out of, as a matter of policy, always staring clear of the shade because they don't always know the difference. And is there a purpose for the Shadim to mislead us just because that's what they do? Or is there like actual purpose behind it that Hashem put it, you know, to keep us on our toes? Like, what, what was Yeah, it? it's more to keep us on our toes. As the, the Ramchal um, got more into the Shadim earlier in the Sefer. And the purpose of the Shadim is to, uh, yeah, there has to be, um, there has to be Ra to balance out the Toif, always in life, you know. Has to be the evil. Evil presence is to balance out the good, and evil does its thing. Um, and the shadim are from the uh, pawns of, of evil. So but the Jewish view is that we always have dreams because ninety percent of the time I don't remember my dreams or I, I, I say I didn't have a dream. Right, right. 
Um, the Jewish view that we always have dreams. I don't know if the Gemara does talk about a person goes too many days in a row without having a dream. It's not necessarily a good simon. So the Gemara does imply that it's possible to not have any dreams. But I, um, I think what the dreamologists say is that a person always has some kind of a dream. You just don't always remember them. Yeah, especially when you look in the window. I check. I you check. You look at the window, what, for shade? Yeah. No. You wake up, you had, a, you had a dream, okay, you wake, wake up. No, it's not superstition. Well, I never heard of this before. You look at the window, what? At what, at what? And I forget the dream. You wake up and you look at the window and you forget your dream. Well, I forget my dreams all the time, even when I don't look at the window. But the window's me, behind my bed, I can't no, see it when I wake for, up. For me, if How I do you know you forgot your dream and that you had a dream? If you forgot it, then I wake up. Whoa. And then I look and then wait. Yeah. I don't. I think you can forget the dreams without looking at the windows also. Oh, no, no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Okay. How do you Let know you had a dream? Ask question. Yeah, one second, one second. Um, you know what? There's a big paragraph. It's it's late. So we're going to stop you for today. We're going to wrap this up tomorrow. Friday morning, we're going to we're going to wrap up the paragraph, wrap up, wrap up the paragraph, and going to get more into uh, dreams and demons. We'll have that part two tomorrow. We'll, we'll go weiter and we'll wrap this up. We'll take some time for questions now. Okay, thank you all for joining. And everyone should be blessed and have a wonderful today.